When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, tech fans, and welcome into episode 118 of the Tech Sideline podcast, originating from TSL's high tech studios in the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center. Whether you're watching live on Facebook, archived on YouTube, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, however you consume the Tech Sideline podcast, we're so glad that you could join us today on Monday, February 17th, again, episode 118. A lot to discuss today. We'll start off the podcast by breaking down Virginia Tech's win over Pittsburgh inside of Castle Coliseum on Saturday. The five-game losing streak is over, and we'll get the thoughts from Will and Chris in just a couple of moments. Plus, we talk about spring sports, softball and baseball well underway, women's basketball, another big ACC win on Sunday against Wake Forest. And of course, at the end of the show, we'll get your Facebook Live questions read to both Will and Chris. Again, today, we've got the best crew in the land. We've got the best producer in the land, behind-the-scenes producing Malcolm Stewart. On the podcast set, our managing editor, Chris Coleman, our founder and general manager, Will Stewart, and I'm your podcast host, Evan Hughes. Again, a reminder that this week and every week, the Tech Sideline podcast is brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. They're Virginia's trusted DUI and traffic defense firm dedicated to defending individuals charged with traffic-related offenses. From their office in Blacksburg, they are able to serve the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. Whether you are charged with driving under the influence or speeding, the Fisher Law Firm realizes that each case is important to the client. To date, the firm has defended more than 30,000 people charged with moving violations. For free consultation, call anytime, day or evening, toll free at 1-800-680-7031. Again, that's 1-800-680-7031. Or you can email them at info at fisherlegal.com. With that, good morning to all of you. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Evan Hughes, Malcolm Stewart, Will Stewart, Chris Coleman. Guys, how are you doing? Good. I'm loosening up. Got to get the neck ready for the show. Big show. I'm big good. show. How's your weekend, Chris? Uh, pretty uneventful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, which is good. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, Will, is that a new shirt? <laughs> no, it's not. It's a new shirt for the podcast. It's not a new shirt for me. And look, you know, Will takes a lot of pride in his wardrobe for these podcasts. You know, new shoes. I actually have the same shoes I really like. New shirt. You, the watch. Got to change it up, man. You Maybe if we it make it viral, we'll have our own like wardrobe, like the TSL, you know, like going to Macy's and there's the tech sideline. Uh, well, well, we do need a wardrobe in here, you know, that we can pick stuff out of. Yep, you're yeah. right. Well, again, a lot to get to today. I'll remind you, if you're watching live on Facebook right now, be sure to drop your questions. Malcolm will read them at the end of the podcast. We'll get the thoughts from Will and Chris on those questions. We'll get to women's basketball, baseball, softball in a little bit later, but we begin the Tech Sideline podcast, episode 118, talking about Virginia Tech men's basketball, snapping a five-game losing streak on Saturday. The Hokies with a 10-point victory, 67-57 to winners over Pitt Panthers. Well, we've talked about this team over the last three weeks or so in the midst of this losing streak. What needed to happen? The Hokies got hot. They found a way to get the win. What did you make of the win for Virginia Tech? I think I might have lost my mind if they'd lost to Pitt. Um, Chris and I were doing the preview. What day was that? Thursday, Friday? Friday, Friday we were doing the preview, and, and I read the preview. You know, and I, I just uh, – I don't I – don't I don't uh, – uh, memorize names and stats and all that stuff. I just got the feeling reading it that I was reading a preview of Tech playing Boston College, you know, and I was thinking about how Tech had lost two to Boston College, and I was like, please don't lose to these guys too. You know, I don't want to say these guys like to insult Pitt, but um, Pitt's record's fairly solid, but they're really not a good basketball team. They They do some things well. What's that? They can't shoot. They can't shoot. They drive to the hole pretty well. You know, I think they play some decent defense, but they can't shoot. I think Mike Young said coming into the game, they shot 29% from deep. He said in ACC play, it was 39% overall and 29% from three-point range. And so during the game, they start out making three of their their first four from three-point range. So I start tweeting, oh, yeah, I'm keeping track of this stat. And then they went in the tank after that. They only made two of their last 17. So that, that was actually a big part of the win was Pittsburgh just couldn't score. Yep, Chris? Well, I mean, they were who their statistics said they were. Thankfully. Thankfully. 
Um, <laughs> no, uh, what was the name of the Boston College player that had that crazy 21-6 just came out of nowhere in the overtime game? Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't have any of that. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they didn't have anybody do that for sure. They got a couple players on their team that, that Tech really wanted, I think. Uh, McGowan's was heavily recruited by Talking Tech. about Pittsburgh now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was heavily recruited by Buzz, I believe. So they got some pretty good players there. Uh, I think Jeff Capel's a solid coach, but I don't know that he's a great coach. Like, he started out coaching at VCU, and, you know, I know VCU fans don't want to hear this, but that's an, e- an easy program to win at, yeah. relatively speaking. Set up for success. Set up for success. Um, and then he goes to Oklahoma, and they get put on probation, and – don't know how much success he had there except for the couple of years he had Blake Griffin. Um, but he's done actually done better at Pittsburgh. So Capel than, coach Griffin? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, wow. correct. And then, they got, and then they got put on probation. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're a completely mediocre basketball team. In fact, if, it was a, if, the, if this was a regular year in the ACC, they'd be considered a bad basketball team. Them, Boston College, probably Tech. I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams in the in this year's league that, in any other year, would be down a peg or two. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but the, the ACC. So, so there, there's a lot of bad teams in this league who have benefited from there being other bad teams in this league. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the sure. way I would put that. A lot of teams winning games that otherwise wouldn't win yeah, unless yeah, there were no doubt. lots of, you know. And I rag on Boston College, but I think let me let me look at the ACC standings here. BC is. They're seven and eight in the conference. Correct, but they're twelve and twelve overall, right? Right. So I, I yeah. don't like that. Does not look good for no. the ACC when you can. No, go. BC should have like three wins right now with that. Yeah. So, the, so they year. they barely have a winning record out of conference, and they almost have a, have a five hundred record in conference. Right. And they uh they beat uh, NC State last night. Oh, NC they? State shot two of nineteen from three point range. Oh well. At Boston. Where have I heard that before? Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a uh, <laughs> NC State's <laughs> is due for a game like that every year. It seems, uh, you know, yeah. it's it's it was at Boston <laughs> College. You know how Boston College is, man. You go up there and there aren't many people there, and it just has a weird effect on teams. I think State State is a better basketball team than they played last night. So, you were saying that somebody was due. Uh, talking about the team. How about someone due for Virginia Tech to kind of break out? And that was PJ Horn, eighteen mm-hmm. points. Only had one rebound, but he had 18 points. He was four of six from deep. And, Chris, I was watching the condensed version of the game last night, and there were moments late in that second half felt like Pittsburgh was was starting to chip away and make their run. And Horn just continued to bury threes that really solidified the win for Tech. He had back-to-back threes, and there was a layup by Pittsburgh in between those threes. I looked at him. Those threes were 30 seconds apart, exactly 30 seconds apart. So he had six points in 30 seconds. And the second one, when he first shot it, I was like, what are you doing? Run Run some clock. Run some clock, yeah. Um, Which – so I'm not even sure that was like a good basketball play, but it went in. Thank it went goodness. in, and you know the he needed to get a few to fall. Of course, uh, between him and John Ojiako, Virginia Tech centers combined for 22 points and 10 rebounds in this game. Nice, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've never really paid attention to PJ's form when he shoots a three pointer. It's funny, but, the, but those two that he made uh, uh, towards the end of the game. The, by the way, who who assisted on both of those? Was it Beatty? Landers Nolly. Nolly. On both of those. Uh, Nolly had a really rough shooting game, but his his rebounding in particular has been really good lately, and, and I think he's I, always been a pretty good I, passer. I was keeping up with his rebounding, and he had like – I think he had four by the first media timeout, or yeah. maybe five. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but getting back to how P.J. shoots his threes, he actually, at least those two, he shoots flat-footed, feet apart, like shoulder width. So, it's not – so – so picture yourself, Jalen Cones in one side of the frame shooting a three-pointer and P.J. Horns in the other side of the frame shooting a three-pointer. And these two things look nothing alike. Horns' horns uh, mm-hmm. form from out there is, is, shall we say, not textbook. So it's not surprising that he's inconsistent from out there. Hokies uh, from the three-point line shot 32 threes in the game against Pittsburgh. They made 12. They made 12. Uh, so Horn was four of six, and then Jalen Cohn four of five. And will I'll ask you this? I mean, feels like Jalen Cohn's come a long way from the beginning of the season when he was kind of coming off the bench, cop in state those early games, and now it feels like he really is the the energizer bunny coming off the bench. It feels like. Do you feel the same way? He gives a spark. If that guy was six three to six five, 
He but wouldn't the, be here. Oh, he, he, <laughs> man, he he just I, I I've I I don't want to get too carried away talking about Jalen Cohn, but I just think he's an elite shooter. I that guy, he What's the way fifty five percent or so from you know range. and and just this the form and the elevation. You know the hard part is making sure you get him open. You know and and I think as Tech gets more experience at least I hope this is the way it unfolds. If they get more experience running this offense and they get some post players and passers in there like they want, I think they'll really be able to leverage Cone's ability to shoot to three. They'll be able to get him open more often. He's just a, just a phenomenal shooter. I love, love watching that guy shoot. Yeah. What do you, th- you do you like Cone coming off the bench because of what he I think Mike Young has talked about how he likes having a dynamic score come off the bench and able to spark the offense. I Never really been, never really cared one way or the other about a set starting five in basketball. I mean, it's a forty-minute game. Yeah. Uh, you're going to need eight or nine guys to contribute. If one guy gets hot, then leave him in. You know, so to, so to me, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he'll be a starter for Tech one day. Um, I don't, I don't think you necessarily want him and PJ Horn on the court together a whole lot because that makes you. I mean, Tech's already small, yeah. and then you just double down on small. Yeah. Um, because you got five nine and six five. Yep. So uh, you know you, you've got to manage his minutes and his matchups and things like that. But yeah, he's an elite shooter, uh, absolutely elite, and he's going to help Tech a lot. Um, Danny Manning, I'm sure, will probably finally get fired from Wake Forest this year. And if you're a Wake Forest fan, you're sitting there saying, "Why isn't that like a guy like Jalen Cohn playing for us?" Because he's, he's from he's really from, close he's, to he's Wake from Winston Salem, right? Yeah. What, what, why? Why have they let their basketball program drop so far that a player would leave Winston-Salem to come play for Virginia Tech instead? You, you right? know, it feels like just yesterday that Danny Manning had Wake Forest in the NCAA tournament. They had uh, John Collins. John Collins a, had them in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. yeah. And, bar- and that was still a play-in game. They barely Correct. made it. Yeah. Correct. They barely made it. And Collins is, uh, was a top-20 pick by the Hawks. I mean, so John was, Collins was an awesome player. Yeah. He, he was. Yeah, and that was the only good year they've had. It wake under Danny Manning. You know, well, someone who's really turning into a good player, I think Hokie Nation's really excited to see Blossom as well as the coaching staff, and that is John Ogiaco. Uh He ends up playing 14 minutes, but nine rebounds. Is it fair to say it's one of the best games of Ogiaco's career here at Virginia Tech on Saturday? Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't get to play a lot, so we don't have a large body of work for sure. him. Um, but, but my take watching him is I think his offensive skills at this point in his career are fine. You know, he's some some post moves he's got. Uh, I, I I've been pleasantly surprised when he's posted people up and and made certain shots. Mm-hmm. I think where he's been an issue is, is defensively. Um, you know, getting beat off the pick and roll, just being out of position. Um, I, I think once he gets a better feel, and he also, for a guy his size, either does not focus on blocking shots or is just out of position to do it. Um, so what I look for him as his career goes along is to get a better sense of where he needs to be when spacing, in other words, you know, what, uh, ooh, here's a hole I need to fill that in and be available or the defense is rotating this way. I need to rotate over here. You know, that's this, the area where I want to look for him to evolve. I think he's a good athlete, you know, and, and he's a decent offensive player and that part will get better. Um, but, uh, Nine rebounds in 14 minutes surprised me, but because uh, um, I didn't. No, they missed a lot of shots. Yeah, that's true, you know. <laughs> but but the the thing is, usually I'll notice when a guy's doing a lot of something, mm-hmm. and it was actually in reverse when I when I found out that Landers Nolly only had six assists. I thought, are you sure? Because I thought I saw at least seven or eight, but no, he had six. That was my next question. I'll start with you, Chris. You know, Landers had such a strong game against Boston College in overtime. Shooting it felt wise, like he only, yeah. yeah, shooting wise. I mean, he shot over fifty percent, correct, against the, the Eagles for the first time the, since the BYU game. Uh, and they lose that game, but he plays well. And then he comes back, six assists, twelve rebounds. Is this the best stretch of two games Nolly has had in the ACC this year? Uh, as far as his floor game goes, I think it was his best two two game stretch. Maybe uh, I'd have to go back and look at his numbers from you know, Tech's first five or six games. But uh, certainly recently, his best two back-to-back games as far as making the right decisions with the ball yeah. and things like that, for sure. Yeah, to, it just feels like, again, um, you know, there were a couple of games, Will, where he had a couple of key turn. I would go back to that Syracuse game when he turned the ball over. I think it was 
three times in four possessions when it was a two-point game. Yeah, you know, I haven't paid attention to the turnovers lately. But were, only were, one. for okay. uh, And so, again, 12 boards, six assists, one turnover, one block, two steals, seven points. I mean, That's did a little bit of everything. Game. Man, I wish I wish he could have scored like, you know, 20 or 25 points to go with all that. Um, uh, and, and I keep saying I watch that guy, and he seems to get along well with his teammates. He seems to enjoy – Doing all the things on the basketball floor, not just shooting the ball. Right. Um, you know, he he likes dishing to his open teammates and things like that. I think I keep hoping that you know his his dad said he's going to go pro, whatever that means. I keep hoping he'll change his mind. Well, if you want him to change his mind, you better stop hoping he scores twenty five points. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you better I, you better hope he has more three of fifteen shooting performances I, I just, if you want him to come back next year. Or, or <laughs> maybe maybe I don't know. It's it's tough because yeah, in order for him to to be convinced he needs to stay, then he needs to perhaps play more poorly than he has. The, the, the way I see it, like <clears throat> I don't root for Virginia Tech players to have a bad game or anything sure. like that, of course, but like Virginia Tech next year's Virginia Tech team has a higher ceiling than this year's team. Yeah. That's that's not that's that's a that's straight a, up that, fact. That, that right? is not in question. <clears throat> Part of miracle, this Tech team is not going to go to the NSA tournament next year's can. Uh, if he had a bad final, how many games we got left? Six? Five or six, yeah. If he was just, like, awful the rest of the season, that could make Tech a better team next year. Six games. I remaining. know. I know. Um, so, hmm. Uh, and then um, the, well, the, you know, Virginia Tech's going to be better next year, but you've got to figure the, the rest of the ACC is oh, going to yeah, be better, Oh, yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. That Pitt team, yeah, Tech brings everybody back. Pitt brings everybody back, yeah. right? And you got UVA brings almost everybody. Duke reloads. Yeah. Carolina's been handing out wins like candy. They're going to stop doing that. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. What a yeah. just that's a topic for another uh, for another podcast. But yeah. wow, UNC just continues to find ways to lose close games. Well, that was year. a heck of a shot by UVA yeah. there at the end. I don't even know who made it. Uh, but yeah, you know, you got to Wake Forest will be better coach next year. You got to assume. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this league is not going to be. Like it is this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think probably the only coaching change that's coming in the ACC at, that we can see right now is Danny Manning and Wake Forest, right? Are you we'll have see. to assume that everybody. You, you never know. Someone what, leaves. Well, you never know when BC will pull the trigger. Um, yeah, Jim Christian, Jim's his first name, right? Yeah, he has really benefited from a bad ACC this year. Well, no, well the the, the and the other view of that is, look, man, this is the worst the ACC is ever going to be, yeah. and you're twelve and twelve, and we can't even make even the NIT. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's going to be. Do you see when they beat Tech last Saturday? It's the first time they've beaten uh, an ACC school twice since 2012 in a season. Thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> well, you remember there was a year where they they there didn't, was, didn't win a game in ACC play in basketball or, or football. football. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. We could ded- dedicate a, a podcast to that. We Thanks, could. Swafford. We're going to wrap up the uh, men's basketball conversation. Two more topics. Last player I want to hit on is Tyrese Radford because he leads Tech in minutes, Will, with 36. Uh, his final stat line, eight points, a steal, a block, four assists, three rebounds, two of two at the line. It was three of five from the field. How do you think we will remember Tyrese Radford? Do you think he's the kind of guy 10, 12 years from now when someone asks the questions, oh, who's your favorite basketball player? Do you think Tyrese Radford will leave that legacy of just being a unique player? He is going to live in the same space in your head that Jamon Gordon lives in, is is how he's going to That's Chris's favorite player, I believe, right? Him and J-Rob. Yeah, you know, I mean, Jamon, and and maybe Chris can fill in the blanks here, he – I remember one time he had like a 16-rebound game against Wake Forest or yeah, something like said, that. Yeah, and he said if he was in high school, if he had a 16-rebound game, the coach would have made the center run laps. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's very that, that, that was him uh, calling out Coleman Collins on the radio without actually calling out Coleman now, Collins. Now, I, I don't know if Tyrese will ever be as quotable <laughs> as Jamon was, but, uh, you, you know, uh, what, what was gosh, he's got so many quotes. Somewhere we've got the wit and wisdom of Jamon Gordon – Saved on somebody's hard drive yeah, somewhere. We've sure. got to pull that up. But but that's that's where he's going to reside. Uh, before he's done, he will have, you know, if his career continues to go on this track. And, and Mike Young said, I think he said after the game Saturday, Chris said, I don't want to take that guy out. He needs right. to stay on the floor. So if his career keeps going along this track, he will have games where he will do things like have 20 rebounds or something crazy like <laughs> I that. I don't know if he'll ever have 20 rebounds. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> What's the money? 13 against Wake Forest? Is that his season something high, like I think? That, yeah. Even Jamon at his best, air, air quotes, only and, and had Jamon, 16. Jamon was bigger. 
Like Tyrese is not nearly as big as Jamon. Jamon was a legit 6'3", 215 pounds. Yeah, Tyrese that's, is like that's true. Tyrese is like six foot and a half, six one. And, and athletically, yeah. they're very similar. They are pretty similar. You know? I'll always he's, remember. He, he's already got that dunk that everybody identifies. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I will always remember him for the player he is, but the moment, unless he has another dunk like he, I mean, over a seven foot center at the rim on the game winner against UNC. So he's already that's had right, a yeah. couple of big key moments sure so that's my take on Tyrese Red all right so last thing on basketball before we move on uh you mentioned how many games are left the Hokies have six games remaining the schedule looks like this Wednesday at home against Miami nine o'clock tip-off is that on RSN that is on the ACC network Uh, actually I think it's RSN I think it's it's RSN RSN as well yeah Yeah, that's what we've got that's what we've got on our schedules yep you're right it uh, has the ACC striped Signal conference. I know it's confusing. So I apologize. So RSN, that's nine o'clock Wednesday. uh, At Duke, number seven in the country on Saturday, home against UVA at seven o'clock in Castle Coliseum next Wednesday. And then number five, Louisville, then Clemson, and then Notre Dame to close out the season. Tech, six and eight. Any chance of an NIT berth? Sure. Um, well, and what do they need to do in I, your estimation? I, I honestly have no idea because I don't know what other teams are doing. I don't. I don't. I, have, I haven't checked a, you know an NIT bracket or an NIT bubble. Are there recently. NIT projections? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, generally they come a little later. But but it's with the fact that teams from smaller leagues are guaranteed bids to the NIT these days if they get upset in their yeah. conference tournament. There's no way to predict mm-hmm. that. I could sit here and say, though, this number would absolutely do it. But then if three more of those teams get upset than expected, then that throws it out the window. So, yeah. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I would like to think that, like, 18 wins would do it, but I, I really have no so idea. So what's the overall record right now? Is it 15 and 10? Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then 6 and 8. And and eight six six to and me, eight. I just want to finish with a winning record. <laughs> well, you um, know. Uh, the, do, they play, do they play 30 regular season games exactly? Or, or no, no. If they're fifteen and ten, and they got six left, so that's thirty. They'll play thirty-one. Yeah. So they yeah. so they could be uh, sixteen and fifteen at the end of the regular season, and then if they lost in the ACC tournament, they'd be sixteen. 16. 16. So I'd like to get to seventeen wins personally. <clears throat> seventeen wins would guarantee a winning so, record. So to get that, your best chances are Miami. Um, I don't know about Notre Dame. Um, Mooney, Moody, Moody, John Mooney. Uh, Chris Mooney at Richmond? No, the uh, the guy who plays for Notre Dame who leads the ACC oh, in double doubles. I don't know, yeah. I don't know yeah. his name. He's uh, he's got twenty double doubles on the season. And I just I got a bad feeling about going on the road to Notre Dame with a guy who's that productive. But you know Miami Wednesday night. I still think uh, I, I still think UVA is beatable sure. in Castle Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, um, this is a projection from DRatings.com. Uh, projecting the NIT. Now, granted, this was on February 9th, so it doesn't show the Hokies' most recent win against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but it does not have Virginia Tech <clears throat> in the NIT. Right. I, actually, you know what? And that's why I don't look at things. That was from 2019. Right. So, not even By the way, I'm, I'm laying down this law right now. This is the only year where we're allowed to believe that the NIT is acceptable. Gotcha. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, and the NIT doesn't mean We anything. talked about this, the fan base, before. How it's The NIT used to be a bigger deal when Virginia Tech was in a smaller conference. You know, like the uh, – well, I guess, no, they were in the Metro when they won the – Yeah. But they weren't in a major That conference. was their last year the in the last Metro, year in the Metro. they won it in 94. Right, but it's just – NCAA tournament. With, with the, the focus on the NCAA tournament these days, nobody pays attention to the NIT. It could uh, – like Virginia Tech fans are the only people that know Virginia Tech. They have the warm NIT. fuzzies about yeah. the NIT, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Because we wanted a couple of times. Um, yeah. It's time time to get over that. If if you have NIT dreams, then that means you you'll never achieve what you can as a program. Um, no, I, uh, I enjoy going to NIT games because they're general admission and they're and they're generally well attended and they're that, a lot of fun. In my opinion, I think they would be well attended this year. But remember, by the end of Seth Greenberg's <laughs> tenure, how they weren't well attended. That's right. Right. Yeah. 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 I think if the Tech makes it this year, though, it would be, uh, it would, it would be a right? major accomplishment, yes. Yeah. Like and, I said, and it'd turn out. You think it'd be fans something would come to, to it? Uh, yes. Um, it'd be something to be proud of for this year because it's a bunch of freshmen. It would give them extra practice time and everything yeah. like that. But uh, for m- most years, no, it's it's on. So one last thing. Sure. Uh, I have historically said that Virginia Tech's basketball fan base is what I call fragile. 
Um, and it comes from basically 20 years of losing from the late eighties to till Seth Greenberg started winning in the mid two thousands. I'm, I'm not seeing that this year. I'm seeing good, solid attendance. They lost Uh, five in a row. And I thought that was one of their best attended games of the year on Saturday. Yeah. And, and the students have continued to, um, I wouldn't say they're filling up their end of the Coliseum, but, but they're, they're showing up in good numbers. And, uh, Malcolm is, is student seating general admission this year. Yes. So, yeah. That's why they, st- that's why they show up so early. Smart. Yeah. And Mike Young, uh, again, pizza. bought pizza, yeah. uh, for them. That's the second time, third time he's done it. So he couldn't have afforded to do that on that $200,000 a year Wofford salary. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hey, last thing. Now I, that's I, his pizza budget. Yeah. I, I do need to close on the basketball on this. So it was finally tech fans were able to invade the mentions of, of the opposing school. team. I don't yeah. know if you uh, – and that has become kind of a tradition where, like, the North Carolina game, over 500 memes were put in North Carolina's mentions when Tech beat them. So so, so if you're not on Twitter, the opposing team, like – and it started with the Clemson game, right? Well, yes. The Clemson was the first one. Then we continued on for football. And so I think it's going to stay for – So so Virginia Tech beats Clemson in basketball, and Clemson announces the score on their official Twitter feed – and the tech fans pile in with pictures of Landers Nolly because he had a really good game. Yep. And so like, there's a picture of Landers on a, a, a trolley. <laughs> the Nolly trolley. The Nolly trolley. His, His face, face on, the, on a train. There's a picture of Mike Young serving ice cream and Jalen Cohn's face on the that ice was, cream cone. That was cone. one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Young is a butler serving up. Here's your L, <laughs> your sir. Your L, sir. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you? I mean, there's so many. So this, uh, uh, th- there was um, – um, Hokey Dan on Twitter, I think his name is, um, is, 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 he put a video out, Dan Steinbach, of <laughs> he did the Star Wars theme. I don't know if you guys saw it. I did, uh, yeah. And it yeah. was from the top, like, like, greetings. Virginia Tech has finally snapped its five-game losing streak. And Mike Young and the Padawans have, like, <laughs> did, like, a you know, the crawling screen yeah, title yeah. with it. So, anyways... It was. We can I mean, finally return to the mentions of opposing basketball. Correct. Teams, I think that our fans were. That was the gist re- of the yeah. of the video. Yeah. So yeah. I invite you to go to Pittsburgh's Twitter, find the last tweet, and uh, you'll. I be think Malcolm is feverishly working on trying to find it. Yeah, let's see if we can pull it out. So for those that you can't see, so people are now putting some of their own friends um, on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like the bacon. Uh, is that PJ Horn with horns? <laughs> with Rams horns on his head? <laughs> um, uh. Oh my gosh. Uh, Bacon, uh, lots of bacon because, yeah. by the way, is that the most brilliant promotion ever? Yeah. yeah. So it's just picture. There's a Valentine's picture of Landers Nolly crying Jordan meme on Jeff Capel. The hokey bird with popcorn. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, people are going. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Do, the, do they hand out vouchers for the bacon at the end of the game? They do, too? yes. The magic apparently, sc- it was so. Apparently, getting out of the St- Coliseum was so brutal on Saturday mm-hmm. so, that they had run out of vouchers. I know that uh, me and my buddies left pretty late, and there was somebody. It, it was over on the. Um, it was over on the Malcolm, go back uh, Han Hurst basketball facility the side, and they were still handing them out. What do you guys think about this one, Chris? Look up real quick. <laughs> How do you feel about Mike Young, his face on oh, Jesus? I can't remember the that. That's a particular painting of of Jesus that has a particular name and symbolism that I can't recall so, right now. But anyways, it's, it's blasphemous, uh, but fans, it is humorous. Do, do you give them an A plus for effort? Well, the Hokey fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- Look, that, pull up that one real quick. Hokies that, basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is the most varied that I've ever seen the memes in the feed. At first, it was just, a bunch, of, it was just a bunch of pictures of Landers Nolly and Jalen Cohn. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we could, there's, yeah, there's SpongeBob memes. Anyway. The, the UNC game, they actually took to a different level. It was really, yeah. very yeah. good. But then yeah. they went on the five-game losing streak after that and yep. got yep. out of practice. But now you can tell back. they've been saving them up. Yeah. No Maybe right. we should work on a TSL meme at some point and put mm-hmm. that on there. So, all right. That'll do it for men's basketball discussion here on the Tech Sideline Podcast. Let's transition to kind of doing a little quick uh, um, roundtable discussion. Yeah, somebody put a picture of me in the mentions. I don't even know who it is. Um, sorry, Malcolm pulled that up on the screen. What does your shirt say? Collard Greens? Collard Greens. It's a local store in Richmond. Um, like a Vineyard Vines type. Uh, I know the owner very well. So that was actually my first day of school freshman year. Uh, <laughs> but I, like, I had no idea who this person was. Poetic formulae on Twitter. I have no clue who that person is and put that picture of me out there. So, um, Whoever it is, they're a big Mike Young fan. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, All right, our, so our, li- our listeners are hating this. Let's move yes, on to the non-visual yep. part of the podcast. Let's transition now. Let's talk about women's basketball, baseball, softball, lacrosse. Just quickly um, – 
just discuss, discussing how the seasons have started for spring sports. Let's start with women's basketball, though, because the Hokies, I don't know if you guys saw on Thursday, they hosted Georgia Tech and maybe the most thrilling game of the year uh, for women's basketball. Tech's down three in the fourth quarter with 30 seconds left. Ball screen at the top of the key. Asia Shepard wide open, buries a three. Tech goes into overtime, beats Georgia Tech. And then on yesterday, on Sunday, they go to Wake Forest. And Wake Forest is a little bit better than they um, were last year. It's a good win, double-digit road win. So Tech now 9-5 and five mm. in the ACC. And right now... I still, I mean, I think they've all but locked up a chance to go play in the NCAA tournament. I actually looked up a, a bracket, their bra- women's bracket on ESPN over the weekend. I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, so I don't remember if it was before the Wake win or not. Um, but it had them as a seven seed. So, so playing in the in the cores. Uh, no, did I say cores? I meant stores. Stores, Connecticut. <laughs> Coors, Connecticut. Coors, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, they're 19-6 overall, 9-5 and five in the conference. They've got Notre uh, Dame on Thursday. Yeah, and, and the rest of their schedule is pretty favorable. Notre Dame is is having a horrible so year. So, typically you hear Notre Dame and you, you put them in the same conversation women's basketball with UConn yeah. and Baylor. And they Baylor. I, like they went from really good last year to like lost everybody. I think they might even have a losing record. Like well, they're 10-16 they're and 16 overall and 5-9 and nine in the ACC. Yep. So. And it's, uh, so, Tech, they – Again, they they're favored in Notre Dame. They're favored against Virginia. They sh- Duke will be a really good game. They should be favored, but Duke's close in the standings. And then Louisville's really good. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's their best case scenario? Maybe uh, maybe if so. They, they're nine and five. Their best case scenario. They is can beat Louisville if they play well. I mean, they if they win, there's a chance they win. I think that they, you know, well they'd have to they'd have to go on like a to- overall like a six game winning streak. To beat Overall. Louisville, that would include like a six-game winning streak. Right. Correct. Right. No, well, uh, maybe seven-game seven. winning streak. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they've ever done that in ACC play. Well, I'm I think. Sure the, I think the big thing they've done recently is they have beaten North Carolina and Georgia Tech, two teams that were around them in the standings. Correct. Yeah. And even Wake Forest is kind of well, not really. Wake Forest six and nine. Tech is nine and five. But they they separated themselves. Well, they didn't separate, but they got an edge on teams that were around them in the standings. But yeah, I mean. Boring an utter collapse and a couple of like bubble teams out there going on a huge winning streak. Virginia Tech has has locked up an NCAA yeah. tournament. Yeah, so good for, for good sure. for Kenny. Yeah, yeah and I th- I think that they can compete with the best in the ACC. So come ACC tournament time, anything can happen. Obviously, but again, the way Tech shoots the three ball, they're hot. I mean, they, they they're just so good in transition. I'm telling you, if you've not gone to see them play this year, they are a fun basketball you watch north carolina game i mean they, they just play an exciting brand of basketball yeah, and, and, and kitley's just a really good post player and just yep. a freshman i really hope they can get off that seven two line uh, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. well if they if they get, keep get winning seed, could please. get to a six yeah yeah that'd be that'd be more so. ideal in my opinion all right i want to transition to uh spring sports quickly i want to start with softball because virginia tech softball went down to the saint pete clearwater elite invitational this is the maui Invitational men's basketball tournament on steroids, as I've been saying. And there is no Shamanad there, There's right? No Shamanad, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is just the, the, I think it's the biggest non conference tournament of the year. You have to be invited to play. And during the Women's College World Series last year, Tech was invited as the last team in. So basically, one season, Tech winning 47 games a year ago, was enough to get them into this really well respected tournament. Yeah. Um, and so they opened up. Uh, tough loss against 16th ranked Oklahoma State. Lost 14 6. Kerry Eberly. Eberly came in for the save. Former the, ACC pitcher of the year transferred to Oklahoma State. Uh, but it was really, there was a yeah, moment. That, that was weird. <laughs> she, um, I, I think there was a, uh, a grad school program that Oklahoma yeah. State has. Right. Uh, like was for forensic analysis or something mm-hmm. like that. But you know, it was really cool. She, her catcher, Mackenzie Lauder, when she was at Tech, when she came up to hit, uh, she paused and gave her a hug in the middle of the game. It was it was it was it was cool, um, but they tough one to drop. They come back. Tech was borderline ranked. They were like twenty six. They beat eighteenth ranked, seventeenth whatever poll you look at, eighteen seventeen South Carolina eight uh, six. They were up five one against nineteenth ranked Missouri. Fell six five. And then the last two games, they play 14th and 13th ranked Minnesota, win 2-1. And then they play Northwestern, a team that made it to the uh, Super Regionals last year, beat them 6-5 in eight innings. They were ranked 21st. So they go 3-2. and two. They should be ranked this week. And, I, I mean, 3-2 and two at this tournament, considering they really should could have been 4-1. I mean, it's, who, was that, who was that first team? 
Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. And they had a Bang. great oh, No, no, so, sorry. So, uh, who was the first team they beat? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, right. And the South Carolina's ranked. Correct. Yes, all right. So that's three ranked wins Correct. over the weekend. Yep. Right. So three and, and two, two against ranked teams. And two teams. ranked losses. All right. games they right. played were all ranked teams. Right. Right. So Tech was probably the cannon fodder of this tournament as the unranked team, right? They were, I think, ranked 26th as one poll coming in. You're, you're right. Just you're right. Out. I looked so, it up last week. So yes. how, many, how many teams are in this tournament? So I think it was 16. So they, you don't play oh, everybody wow. there. It's, so, right, so right, right. I mean, but Alabama, Florida State, UCLA, Washington. I mean, like, right. so it was really cool. ESPN puts this event on. And so it was on ESPN, too. The whole team, USA, was there scrimmaging. Uh, Liber- so Liberty was there. JMU was there. Tech was, I mean, every, and then all the big, uh, and Tech, I looked at who JMU was playing a couple of, I mean, Tech played a really tough schedule. They didn't play Kansas. They didn't play Texas Tech. I mean, they played all ranked teams and went three and two. They really could have gone four and one. It was a, Really good weekend for Keely Rochard. And then this freshman, keep your eye on this name, uh, Kaylee Hewitt, uh, was huge down the stretch for Tech well, in the circle. So. so when they get into the NCAA tournament, so that, that first weekend, it'll be four opponents in a regional. Two of their three opponents in that first weekend could be less difficult than any of their opponents this past right. week. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. The regional could be easier than, so, than yeah, this no tournament. And the RPI this year for Tech should be – Really good when you're well, going and playing yeah. these teams. So. so they still go on RPI, right? They haven't ex- don't don't even don't even the women's basketball team still use the RPI and not the net. I have no idea. Uh, I, I, I think- do know that softball, uh, soccer, like you said, really big on the RPI. Uh, RPI very important. Boo. So, um, but anyways, that's the update on softball. So Tech overall on the year they've played in two tournaments. They're seven and three. Uh, three wins against ranked opponents this weekend in Florida, and then coming up they go to Charleston. They've got Army, Dartmouth, Bradley, North Carolina A and T, and College of Charleston again this weekend. So, all right, uh, that's the update on softball. Transition over to baseball. Virginia Tech uh, baseball underway this weekend uh, in Conway, South Carolina, hosted by Coastal Carolina University. Two close games. Uh, Tech falls. They were going to play three. Rained out yesterday against Coastal. Uh, they fall 7-5 to San Diego State on Friday and then 7-5 to North Carolina Greensboro Saturday. They got excellent starting pitching, especially Friday from Chris Girard. Went five and a third. Uh, five strikeouts, no walks. Uh, fourth inning, bases loaded. 3-2 count to the leadoff hitter. Struck him out in a really big pitch in that game. Um uh, the story was Tech, just, just one inning really hurt them. They were up 4 nothing going into the seventh against the Aztecs. They played five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bullpen struggled. Well, there was a big error in that inning. There too. was. There was a uh, ground ball to second. They could have gotten out of the inning with a 4-6-3 double play. Bittison bobbled it. Uh, that would They would have been up 4-3 had they turned that. And then uh, Kevin Madden in third had an error at third. Uh, even though he came back and hit well. So just a couple of just, just really small moments in that yeah. game. And then North Carolina Greensboro was a 3-2 game going to the seventh. Tech had their chances, just left a couple runners on base. So uh, two losses, but uh, Ian Seymour, their ace, was scheduled to go tomorrow, uh, yesterday against Coastal, rained out. Um, I think Tech's got, you know, I didn't really, so Tech's, Team ERA last year was just a sub four. Was, First time in ACC play, it's been sub four. It was like the best Team since, ERA since like the eighties, nineteen eighty four, right. when Tech uh, went forty one and seventeen. So uh, the pitching so, staff. So Tech's issue last year was they couldn't hit. They just they had a lot of freshmen in the lineup sure. and everything like that. So I, I'm I'm not sure about this year. Um, it, it, it's baseball, so you can't get up. You can't get too upset about an zero and two start because it's baseball. Sure, right? You know, um, Fifty games. Yeah, exactly. So, but at the same time, it's a little bit disappointing because you don't feel like this is an zero and two team that bringing right. back as many players as they brought back. Uh, I it's disappointing and I, that to see the bullpen give up some runs like that. I, I, Gerard pitched a really good game, uh, uh, but at the same time, I was I was keeping up with his pitch track. I looked at it in the fourth inning, and it was like 98 or something like Oof. that. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, no. Gerard only went like 68, I think. Uh, Simonelli the next day went 99. Maybe that's the one I was Yep. I think they were trying to ease in Gerard. They didn't want their starters to throw a ton of pitches the first two weekends. What did I see? I was, lo- I was looking I'll at confirm it, stats. but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, went, com- um, yeah okay. But the, okay, then that, never mind. Um, then, that, then that's wrong on my part then. I was looking at live stats, and I swore it's, the pitch count was up there around 100, but I guess not. Um but at some point, you're going to want 
your starters to go a little deeper. Yep. But but at the same time, you feel like at this point that you should have enough bullpen depth to close out. You know, UNC Greensboro. I don't know anything about San Diego yeah. State's program. San Diego State's a well-respected. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I just assume every program from California is good at baseball. Probably a fair assumption on my part. Um. So again, zero uh, and two start for Tech baseball. They play East Tennessee State tomorrow on Tuesday at four o'clock. Their home opener. February then, baseball. Yep, and then they go to uh, Louisiana this weekend. Three game series with the Raging Cajuns. <laughs> so, um, okay. And the last one uh, before we get to our Facebook Live questions, a uh, quick whip around on what's going on in Tech athletics. Lacrosse is underway. Uh, they are two and one on the year. Opened up with a seventeen ten win against Davidson. Then big game for lacrosse. They have not in, in program history. They've never beaten James Madison. JMU won the national championship in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, they went up to Harrisonburg uh, last Wednesday. They lost nine eight in overtime. Uh, very close game. So close. And then uh, they bounced back this Saturday with a 25 win over Liberty. So Tech Lacrosse is two and one. They host Radford on Wednesday at four o'clock in the Beamer Barn on the ACC Network. Actually, then they go Elon, Cincinnati, and then open up uh, ACC play against Louisville on February 29th. Well, right. you know, playing JMU that early and having it be a close game like that, you know, that's obviously one of the one of the nation's best programs in in lacrosse right now. So. That's a, that's a good sign, I think, of, yeah. of things to come. They've got one of the best players in program history, I think, right now, too. Paige Petty. She's named to the Tawarton watch list, which is the equivalency. What year is she? She's a senior. Okay. Uh, but that's the equivalency of, like, the Heisman Trophy watch list. Um, so she is a really talented player. They've got they've got pieces coming back. And, I mean, John Song, what he inherited when he took over this program, where Tech Lacrosse wasn't where he has them now, I mean, that's light not years. Day. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, good start for spring sports, and uh, we'll keep you posted here on the Tech Sideline Podcast. What we're going to do now is we're going to step aside for a break. When we come back, Facebook Live questions. You get to ask the questions. Will and Chris gives you answers. We'll do all of that coming up on the Tech Sideline Podcast, brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. If you have received a DUI or other traffic-related offense, the road ahead can seem uncertain. Here at Fisher Law Firm, we have a team that is with you every step of the way. We have the experience that comes along with having defended more than 30,000 criminal and traffic cases statewide and the expertise to get the job done. Call anytime, day or evening, for your free consultation or a complimentary copy of my book. Don't forget to ask us about our free appeal guarantee. To learn how we can help solve your problem, check us out at FisherLegal.com. This is Jonathan Fisher, Class of 98. Let's go Hokies. Welcome back into the Tech Sideline Podcast, brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm. Evan Hughes, your podcast host with you, with you, with Chris Coleman, Will Stewart, Malcolm Stewart. We're glad to have you with us. All right, we talked about a lot of tech sports. We got to update with what's going on in tech athletics. Now it's time for one of our favorite parts of the podcast. That's where you get to ask the questions. Will and Chris will answer them for you on our Facebook Live part of the show. I turn it over now to Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm. All right, so one of the first things you need to do is recap office space. <laughs> we were kind of saving that, right? <laughs> we were, I actually totally forgot about it. All right, so I will make it quick. I don't want to bore everybody with talking about the movie. So Evan but, finally watched Office Space. So this has been, what, two weeks of, like, bringing it up on the podcast. I've taken some heat for not seeing it. So uh, I was with Tech Baseball this weekend. I watched it last night on the podcast. Now, you have to home. be honest. If you didn't like it, say you didn't like it. I am giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. That's fair. Okay? I thought it was really dry i did get all of the I, I got the copy machine I, I that was one of the funniest parts of the movie when he's like i got something extra for you guys and they just go on the field and they're holding um the guy back uh, uh that was very funny um I, I really didn't like Mildred. Is that his name? Mil Milton. 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 I didn't uh. like Milton. And there was one point in the movie where I was like, okay, this is. It was really slow to really kind of pick things up. Right. And I was like, Milton is just bothering me. I don't know. Like, I couldn't he's hear what he was saying. He's an acquired taste. He's a, it's definitely an acquired taste. Um, I think he's got. I think Mike Judge did his own little comic. Actually, I think that's what the the movie's based on. His little comic sketch of of Milton's yeah. character, and then they just built the movie yep. around that character. The guy who plays Milton, I forget his name. He's actually a really good actor if you go and look at his work oh he's gosh. got he's a very versatile actor he, he plays a, so many different roles he has a ton of acting credits yeah a ton yeah and, didn't, and didn't a super, lot of different roles didn't super 70s sports put a picture of him up one time and probably said, this, this guy, is the guy who plays every Milton? movie yeah, yeah. He's okay in better he was in boardwalk empire 
Uh, yeah. I remember he played a big role in that. Uh, so it's th- that guy is actually an awesome actor. Probably deserves some kind of an award for his range yeah. in acting. Yeah. yeah. So there, anyway, there, there were I mean many other very like he's sitting on the couch and uh, you know next door neighbor like all right I'm coming over. He can hear word for word <laughs> what he's saying. The wall. Or when he walks into the office and he uh, unscrews the hinges and just knocks over the wall. <laughs> and I mean there there were a lot of la- there was one point I was actually laughing pretty hard that the trainer in front of me on the bus kind of looked back and like you forget about how quiet it is on those buses. All right I'm sorry. Uh, I thought the ending was really good. I was happy with the ending. Uh, I right. thought that was uh, yeah. the stapler and the and the shovel at the end was good. So I give it a seven and a half. I think somebody said it best on Twitter. It was really overhyped. Or I'm sorry, not over. I'm sorry. I've been hurt hearing oversold. so much. Of, oversold. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was good. I would watch it again. I would recommend it to somebody. And my last thing is, who is Michael Bolton, the singer, though? That's my question. What, you don't know? You don't know who Michael Bolton, the singer, was? Wow. So, So a big chunk of the movie you didn't even get. Well, I understood that his name was after right, a singer. Right. Yeah, uh, and wow. he clearly didn't like it. But wow. I didn't know who Michael Bolton was. I had to look him up. I know now. I think I, I think it's one. wonderful that Michael Bolton has been eradicated from the public consciousness in just the space of one generation. That's outstanding. Uh, what do you say about Michael Bolton? Have, Chris? have you ever watched that? Uh, Where do you start? You've never seen the video, uh, uh, the Jack Sparrow video. God, what 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 group was that? The Mike, Michael Bolton was in this music video. You have, you have to look it up. Yeah. It's a Jack Sparrow song. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, so he uh, just he just takes great songs and ruins them. Michael Bolton, yeah, like like I think it was Percy Sledge did the original version of When a Man Loves a Woman, outstanding. That's right. I recognize R and B song. Well, Michael Bolton redid it, and he probably really shouldn't have. And he's just one of those people that you know, like how Rick Astley is good naturedly mocked. Yeah. You know, for, yeah, I know Rick for Astley. Being, yeah. Yeah, Michael Bolton, it's not so good nature. No. You, know, you know what was really funny, though, when they called him in and they're doing the reviews, they're like, oh, my God. You know, the Bobs are like, you're Michael Bolton. No, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love Michael Bolton. He really hates Michael Bolton. Like, it was very funny. Do you understand now why, how when Jerry Kill was hired, I used an office space meme in my article with the Bobs, the consultants. Saying that Jerry Kill was the Jerry, Bob. Jerry, Jerry Kill was the Bobs. I'm going to come in and make things more efficient. Yeah. Maybe recommend that a couple of guys move move on. Uh, yeah. right. the bo- what, what exactly would you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, that was so funny too. With the other when he was like, uh, "I deliver," I forget what I deliver the information. Mm-hmm. And then he's screaming, but I have good customer service. I'm a people person. And he's getting <laughs> yeah. all worked up. And I mean, good, yeah. Gosh, it was good. Again, seven and a half. I don't really give a ton of movies, nine to ten. So it was good. I would watch it again, and I highly recommend. So, Well, let, let's not wear it out, but I do. Probably my favorite line from the movie is when he says, you've been missing a lot of work lately, Peter. Well, I wouldn't say I'm missing it, Bob. <laughs> And then and then he's talking to him for like ten minutes. He's like, you know what? I'm done here. You know what? Thank you. He just stands up like you know he's the one who ends the yeah. conversation. Yeah, I'm leaving. So, <laughs> anyways, I uh, appreciate everyone playing along on Twitter. I put it out there on Twitter Wednesday. I got like 17 replies. So, uh, someone uh, replied to me and said, "You need to say that you love it. That's what people want to hear this morning." So I know, I know. It was good. All right, all right. Now to real questions. All right, for real <laughs> questions. Uh, Everybody, look at Malcolm on the couch. Yeah. Uh, Steven Malik, did you ever find out what was up with that weird offensive foul call in the second half where we got the ball back? Uh, they just looked at the video apparently and just reversed the call and and, and said the um, the pit player didn't give Tech enough space. I didn't know that you could do that. So it was originally an offensive foul call. Yeah, they called on an Tech offensive and, foul on Radford. Yeah, and uh, which I thought was a bad e- e- call. even the PA announcer announced it after the review was a foul on Tyrese Radford, but then they gave Tech the ball. Uh, uh, that's part of why it was so yeah, right. The PA announcer, I think, screwed it up. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was I think, I think it was actually a, ended up being technically a foul on uh, on Pitt. So in the Boston College NC State game last night, um, NC State was down one and was on offense, and they turned the ball over. And the Boston College player, in the course of getting it under control and starting to go down court, and I remember NC State's down one, and with thirteen point one or four seconds left to go the bc player stepped out of bounds not with the ball in his possession and then he came back into bounds and he was the next person to touch the ball and you can't do that that should have been a turnover and that would have been a turnover with 13 seconds left the refs missed it 
and that player retrieved the ball, went in and dunked it with 7.1 seconds left to make BC up by three points. So now instead of NC State having the ball and being down one, they have the ball with seven seconds left to go and they're down three, and they missed the three-pointer. I just told you they went two of 19. Right. And so they were reviewing – they reviewed that play, and you are not allowed to review – an out-of-bounds play. Oh, and they reviewed it when they shouldn't have. That, that's, Interesting. I think that's one of the worst parts about replay is when there are things you can't review, but yet you're looking at it, and he steps out of bounds with 13.1 seconds to go. The call is right there, and you're not allowed to change it. Right. Hmm. You know? and I, uh, um, I think the XFL is showing us how it all should be done. The ref should have mics. We should be transparent I, I tell you what, about, I, what, about the conversations that are having so people know what's going on. Yeah. My, my biggest impression from watching some XFL is it really brings home to your average person how fast that game, no the doubt. game of football moves. When people criticize play calls, watch an XFL game and watch how fast everything happens. Mm-hmm. With the, Real quick, know. week two, did you enjoy it again this week? Uh, the XFL? Um, well, I was actually working in my basement, and I had it on, so okay. I wasn't watching it closely. Uh, you know, the announcer, I think it was Joey Galloway, was doing the analysis on the game I was watching, and he had a good point. He said, they didn't play any preseason games. The offenses are way behind right now. They're really struggling. That's why a lot of low-scoring games, I guess. And the other thing I will tell you is, since everybody's over-miked, they've got mics on players, they go into the, they go into the locker room during halftime, what'd you tell your team, what'd you tell your teammates? And all these football players and coaches say is, we just got to start playing better. We just got to execute. Get to start playing better. Turns out that when you stick a mic in their face constantly, they really don't have anything interesting to say other than we just got to start playing better. Well, yes. Real quick, <laughs> did you see the uh, – real quick, total side note, actually, folks. I want to bring this up. That Cam Phillips caught three touchdowns yesterday. Wow. I, I saw he caught the first one, but I didn't know that he went on the He caught two, two more. more. So he's got four touchdowns in two games. I, I was actually having a conversation uh, on Friday in the gym with somebody about this. Um the reason a, a second NFL league, or second NFL league, a second football league in this country is is more possible now than it was when the XFL was out. Or first of all, of course, it's on ESPN, ABC, and all that stuff. Fine. So yeah, yeah. right, right. So you know, Luck really got his ducks in a row, but before you know, putting this network out there, uh, it's it's well funded because of their uh, advertising and everything like that. But there's more football. I don't want to say more football talent in this country now. There's more developed talent. These guys are getting developed better. Um, I don't know that the linemen are getting developed better, but there's all these advanced passing camps and everything like that. Even these advanced kicking camps that guys are attending when they're starting starting at like 14, 15 years old. So the talent is a little more advanced and more developed. And there are guys that are not playing in the NFL right now that would have been playing in the NFL, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago and things like that. Cam Phillips, the perfect example. Cam Phillips. Virginia Tech's all-time receiver. Is not in the NFL, right? But he is a star in the XFL. Probably the best receiver in the XFL. He could work his way into an NFL deal. He certainly could. And it wouldn't shock me uh, if he did. But I I think there's – I just think there's more developed talent – in the game of football. Well, and, and, yeah. and what it makes me, when I hear you say that, what it makes me think of is you could probably create a second pro basketball league out of just all the wings and guards that exist out there in the basketball world. There's a phenomenal amount, amount of talent between 5'8 and 6'5. Yeah. You know, and. And well, you can't, I mean, the G League, I mean, the G League is awesome. If you watch if those guys play, I mean, Justin, I saw Justin and Robinson and PKs on Saturday night. He was back in town, but that dude plays for the plays in the G League. Well, there was one game last week. He had like twenty in the first half or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and he's he's or he's played in two or three NBA games this year, you know. So he's a very much a fringe guy who, at some point in his life, if he doesn't make the NBA, will make seven figures overseas. It's just like that story I was talking about Malcolm the other day. Great rec league player. Just, you know, just sat the bench in AAU games, man. They're, I think that coach had it wrong. Malcolm's a star. There's a whole lot of rec league talent out there. I don't care who I'm, <laughs> who's on my team. Malcolm's a starter in my book. Hey, last thing about the uh, XFL, I want to get back to the questions. I don't know if you guys saw it because like 99.9% of the time, you're 100% right. Put a mic in someone's face. Oh, we just got to execute better. Diana Russini interviewed, I don't know if you saw this, Matt McGloin, former Penn State quarterback. He's mm-hmm. a quarterback for an XFL team at halftime. And I think they're either shut out or they had like three points. I think they were shut out. 
and he, he goes, what? She's like, what do you guys need to do better? And he goes, we need to change the whole playbook and the whole scheme. Wow. And he's so upset. Like, That'll endear so, you to the offensive coordinator. So he goes into the locker room, and they come back, and I don't know if she talked to the head coach live on the air or off the air and said something like, did you hear what Matt said? <laughs> and so they told him, and then they show the conversation of the coach talking to McGloin about, like, don't say that. <laughs> the first drive McCloin has in the second half, pick six. Oh. <laughs> and then yeah. they interview him coming off the field after he throws the pick six and eventually gets benched. I mean, I don't know how you can't be entertained with the XFL. You can, you, you can throw a pick six and not get benched, but you can't throw one after you shot your mouth off at, right. at the coaching staff. So right. wait a minute. Is that a Bull Durham situation where the coach called that on, on purpose to get him to throw try a to pick get him six? It was actually a really bad. There was a crossing route. And he just, it was a really bad throw. Oh, so, man. Anyways, Back to questions. I had to put that out there because that was very funny. So, Malcolm. <clears throat> uh, Jeff Davis, how many last – or how many of the last six conference games do you guys see VT winning? Two. Let's, uh, let's go through them one by one. Well, you got Miami at home. Um, please don't lose to Miami, Boston College twice and Miami plays twice in the same season. Please. Yeah. All right. Hold on one second. Well, right. the, the, the sad thing is – that like Miami was basically without their two leading scorers the first meeting, and they still beat Tech. Tech didn't so, even show up. Right. Miami. At Duke. Nope. Virginia. Maybe. Number Four. five, Louisville. Nope. No. Clemson. Maybe who loses to everybody they should lose to, but then they and beat uh, like the big-time schools. Yeah. Yeah. And then Notre Dame. I think you can squeeze two more out of Miami, UVA, Clemson, and uh, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, I would agree with that. And if they can win two more, like I said, that would uh, – I would guarantee a winning record, uh, I believe. That's right. Yeah. Overall, not they, ACC. They, they, they would be 17 and 14 at the end of the regular season. 8 and 12 in the so, ACC. Right. So even if they lost in the first round of the, the ACC, ACC tournament, tournament and then made the postseason and lost in the first game of the postseason tournament, they'd still be 17 yep. and 16. So to me, that's that's the goal, to so have a winning record for the – for the for the fourth straight year. Yeah, so I see um, I see two sure losses in Louisville and Duke. I see a tough tough game in UVA. I think the next toughest game is probably at Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah um, it's I, I, it's so hard to say. I don't know about Notre Dame's team. I know they lost a th- thirty four to Duke. I mean, I don't know what what's happened to Mike Bray's program. This will be their third year in a row without. It might just be a talent issue. I think he's. Oh, a I'm good sure coach. it's a talent issue. Three years in a row. I believe wow. so. Yeah, I know when the. God, who was that guy? That Bonzi Colson. Bonzi Colson. When he got hurt oh that year, oh, remember man. when he came back in the ACC tournament against Tech? And, we were up and by they, twenty, and Tech was up by twenty, and then they came back and beat Tech. That um, was that was a, that 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 they would have been an NCAA tournament team that year if they had had Bonzi Colson all correct. year, but they weren't. They had and Colson they, and Pat Connaughton, who's now in the NBA, right? Yeah. Exactly, and then they weren't an NCAA tournament team last year, and they're not this year. Mm. So this is very unlike a Mike Bray program to not make the NCAA tournament for three straight years, sure. which is another reason the ACC is down. Yeah. yeah. Good question, Mike. Thank you. <clears throat> Jeff. 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 Sorry. Oh, Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, last one so far from Wayne Shepard. How much of an impact did Fuente talking to Baylor have on getting administration to consider committing more funds to football facilities? Uh, pretty darn big. <laughs> or was most of what the school was doing to stay competitive already in motion? Uh, well, well, I take, let me take this. Sure. I think, you know, there, there's already a $350, $400 million athletics fundraising campaign. Um, it actually started with the university-wide fundraising campaign, which was announced last October. Um, they're going to roll it out, the athletic part of it out in the next month or two and, and provide more visibility to it. I'll answer it this way. That was going to happen regardless, and it's going to include uh, scholarship money, Castle Coliseum money, the Student Athlete Performance Center. Where Babcock actually had a tweet about this on Saturday after yeah, the game. Yeah, so we'll get yeah. that in a second. But I think that um, I think there's going to be a ramped-up football component to it that they may not have really been planning on. Right. Uh, so that's how I'll answer that. Yeah, um, ultimately, I don't know. I mean, what Babcock knows. I do think it, it – it made the administration, the Board of Visitors, maybe a little more aware of where they were. Uh, to me, I, I think it – I hope it raised some awareness in the fan base because, I, you know, I, I believe in transparency. I, I don't believe in putting your head in the sand and pretending that everything's all rosy and good like it was in the good old days 
and not accepting some certain facts that make it more difficult to compete than it once was. I think if you do that, you're more likely to get left behind. I think the fans need to know the issues, and then they can decide for themselves whether they want to take those issues on or not. Well, fans respond to competition. And we right. saw this when the drive for 25 was announced, and and Witt rolled out all those stats about what percentage of Virginia Tech living alumni donate to athletics, mm-hmm. uh, how much money Tech was raising relative to their ACC peers. You, you put those numbers in front of people, and they get motivated. Right, you know? and, and, and we did see a substantial increase in Hokie Club donations. Yeah. It, it petered out after a while, Yeah, but but the, the initial uh, – the initial run w- was good. I think you know what they were four percent. They were at four percent. Now they're like them. five and a half. Now it's, now they're five and a half or six, which doesn't sound like a lot. That's but a big deal. That's a big deal. So uh, let's say they've increased it from four percent to six percent. That's a fifty percent increase. Yeah. Right. I mean that that that's a big deal. So uh, I mean I mean at one point Hokie Club membership was down below ten thousand. Right. Right. And it's up around sixteen or seventeen. Right. 000. Right. So so. And a lot we they get criticized a lot. Yeah. Um. Let's let let's go ahead and say, while yes, we absolutely agree, there need to be some improvements, some major improvements. But it's not like they've done nothing. Yeah. We're in a tech is in a much better spot right now than they were four years ago before the drive for twenty five. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know you've just they're they're in a rut right now because they don't have. They don't have anybody in charge of the Hokie Club. I'll, right? I'll just bury this here at the end of the podcast. There's been a, a, a culture of criticism and second-guessing and anger mm-hmm. directed towards the Hokie Club and, you know, maybe fundraising in general. Mm-hmm. Maybe Virginia, Tech, Virginia Tech's athletic department. That narrative needs to change. People need to take the approach of, um, okay, if, we're, if we are behind in certain areas, what can we do? How can I help? Right. You know, that's the change that needs to occur. Right. And, and I think I, I get it. When you reveal these deficiencies to your fan base, then they start pointing the finger at you and criticizing you. So I, I understand the reticence there. Right. But, you know, that, that, that viewpoint and narrative needs yes, to Yes, it does. And, uh, you know, right now I would encourage everybody to just chill out about that because, as Witt alluded to in his tweet, uh, there's going to be a major announcement as far as football and basketball facilities. Um, there is going to be new leadership in the Hokie Club probably within the next couple soon. months, very soon. So you can complain and complain and complain about it, but nothing's going to happen until those two things get announced. Right. So my, I would encourage everybody to just drop it right now. And when those two things are announced, then circle back around and see what they look like, judge things then. But right now, just chill out. Yeah. Yeah. What is that saying? Like, if you put out like a negative, like come up with a positive or something, or like like a solution, be a part of the solution. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are right at an hour, so right. uh, I want to wrap up the podcast the there. Yeah, great uh, yep. questions as always, uh, Jeff. Sorry for getting your name wrong there. Thanks for the question, Jeff. Um, Will, I typically ask this question to Chris, but I'm gonna direct it to you. What's coming up on Tech Sideline this week? So I am going to write an article, <clears throat> subscriber article here this week called, I've already got the title for it, it's called Unhinged. And it is stories from behind the lines here at TSL about Virginia Tech fans that came unglued and how they behaved. And it's some message board stories, some email stories, um, and some of the stuff that I'm going to describe, some of the people on our message boards have seen it and are, are familiar with, with what I'm going to talk about. But some of the stuff that happened via email, they're not. How far know? back are you going to go? Uh, I don't need to go very far back, <laughs> just this football season. From the beginning of this football season until literally this past weekend, some of the stuff that happened on our message boards and some of the stuff that was directed to me via email fans just coming unglued so there'll be some interesting stories there that uh i don't want to clickbait it but it'll blow your mind it will so i'm just gonna put that out there i I hesitate to write articles about tsl but usually when we write write the articles the fans love the 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 look under the hood and behind the scenes they enjoy it so that's coming up for me sometime this week i'm not gonna put a day on it cc What's coming up this week? Oh, I'm going to probably do another scouting report or two, take a look at the defensive recruiting class for 2021 and what it could look like. Uh, probably have a hoops article hopefully in there too. Nice. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for episode 118 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. As always, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Any final thoughts before we sign off? 
Hmm. Looking forward to a good week. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the weather, like as as far out as my app goes, it's just still not going to be cold and snowy so far. It's it's rained a lot. I'm so glad that wasn't snow. Anything would be better than last week. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's I'm just I'm thrilled with this winter as far as the weather goes. Although I was I found out last week that uh, I have a leak in my car. <laughs> oh, it took a nice. Tony, man, you need to get a new car. Uh, I don't want to get a new it car. A, it is a I never drive. My my house is a mile from the office. Why would I get a well, new car? Well, that's true. That'd be a, yeah. Yeah. Both of you guys have very nice cars. So, <laughs> All right, that'll do it for episode 118 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. Again, thanks so much for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the like button and subscribe. Please, means a lot to us. Um, make sure to follow us on social media as well. We're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tech Sideline. Be sure to stay up to date with everything that we're pushing out on social media. Again, that'll hey, by do the it. way, if you're still listening, I'm probably going to advertise for a uh, social media manager soon. We are we are good on Twitter. We're meh on Facebook and we barely do Instagram. So I'm 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 doing up here that we got to have a person doing that. For We've us. got too many good pictures not to do Instagram. I know. Yeah. We, now I don't need some super expensive consulting firm to step forward and offer to do it for me. It'll probably wind up being a student's job. So uh, you know, at some point I will say that we're going in that direction and we need help managing that part of our business. Exciting times here at TSL. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, for the best producer in the land behind the scenes, Malcolm Stewart on our podcast and our managing editor, Chris Goldman, our founder and general manager, Will Stewart. I'm your podcast host, Evan Hughes, saying so long. Thanks so much for listening and watching. This has been episode 118 of the Tech Sideline Podcast brought to you by the Fisher Law Firm.